Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Today, though, I felt like the Lord just said, you know what? You need to talk about what the new creation life really is. All right, This is a message that I personally need to hear at least twice a year. You know, so uh, maybe you're in on that. I believe every believer needs a little bit of an update as to what it means to be a new creation. Amen. This is just like it's not basics, but it is really essential. Okay, and for some of you, this will be review. That's amazing. You need it, right? Come on, we need a review of these things. We need to repeat these things. What does it mean now that I'm new? What does, it, what does that mean? Specifically, what do I do now that I'm new? That's really what the Lord said to me. He said, talk about what do you do now that you're new? I like rhymes. I'm a lyric writer, so maybe that's why. I don't know. But we're going to talk about that. For some of you, you're literally going to be like, come again? That's me? I had no idea that all that was in there. You know, so both of those are good. Amen. Both of those are needed. Right. So let's pray quickly before uh, we jump into the the word. Uh, Just pray for yourself. Put your hand on your own heart and just pray and say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to hear you. I'm ready to hear your word, Lord Jesus. I want to hear what you are saying, not what a man is saying, not what people are saying, but what you are saying, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you come breathe on your written word and speak to me today? Speak to me today. Come on, if you're not praying for you, no one's praying for you. Speak to me today, Lord Jesus. I say to my ears open, I say to my eyes open to see what the Lord is doing, to hear what the Lord is saying. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. All right, so what do we do? Now that we're new, is there anything to do or do we just like kind of like, yeah, I'm saved, got my fire insurance, I'm going to heaven, cool. You know, what happens now? What happens now? Fire insurance, you never heard that one? That's, yeah, it's just a bad church joke, it's bad. I got a lot of those. You know how there's like dad jokes? Well, mine are worse because they're bad dad church jokes. It's worse, you know. Anyway, you'll have plenty of those if you stick around. Um, this really comes down to an all-important passage in 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to read it, uh, verse 17 to 21. I've got full-on teacher hat on this morning, all right? So we are going to break down these scriptures in multiple translations. This isn't going to be very preachy, but I'll still get excited. Don't worry. Maybe you will. I don't know. I'm excited, all right? Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. This is in the Passion Translation. Just to, It's a very popular passage, so I want to give you kind of a fresh a rendering of it, okay? It says, now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. That's true for everyone who's gotten baptized this weekend, for everyone in here who said yes to Jesus. Everything related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And you're like, uh, uh, that don't fit in my brain. Well, God doesn't fit in your brain. He's meant to blow your mind, all right? God is not meant to fit in that little lump of meat between your ears, okay? Or else it wouldn't be God, okay? God does not fit in here. God is way bigger than your understanding, amen? In fact, we're to lean not on our own understanding, but to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. He'll make our path straight. So if you're having trouble with this, you're having trouble with the written word of God, not man's opinion, and that's good trouble, all right? You should, Sit down with that and go, what meaneth this, Lord, right? Everything related to the old order has vanished. Say vanished. Vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. 
That's a crazy statement. It goes on to say, God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not know sin, this is Jesus, to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Say amen. amen. That's the word of God. That is what your new life really encompasses. We're going to break it down, okay? Section by section. 2 Corinthians 5, 15, 17, just that first verse in the English Standard Version, different translation. I like multiple translations. Helps me get the whole picture, okay? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is a present perfect tense, okay? No theologian, theologian would argue that this is not current, okay? You can't pass this off for the millennium. You can't pass it off for heaven. This is the present perfect tense in the Greek grammar. Are you with me? Okay, this is for you right now, all right? If anyone is a new, if anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. There are 18 dead men in that tank, all right? There are 18 old dead men. When you go into the baptism tank, you die. Okay, this is the prophetic action of what happened in Christ when you say yes to him. You die, and then you rise up as a newness of life. All right, the problem with the church is we like to take the old man, put him on our shoulder, and carry him out of the tank. And we like to go, I'm going to die to you today. <laughs> and we're actually puppeteering corpses, playing with old dead men, thinking we need to defeat them. We don't understand. They're already defeated. It's not about doing something. It's about believing him, believing that it is finished, right? It's believing that the old has passed away, the new has come. That doesn't mean you always act new. But guess what? That doesn't mean it's you when you don't act new. Okay, here's the, here's the problem. The church has adopted a philosophy that if I do it, I am it. If I do it, I am it. That's actually, that's the world's way of thinking, all right? It's not if you do it, you are it. Come on. Otherwise, you could do a holy thing and become holy. The world could just come in, pray, do holy things, become holy. That's not how you become holy. You receive his holiness. Just because I do it doesn't mean I am it. All right? If you sin, which would be so unlike you, I don't expect that. If you ever sin again, it'd be so weird. You should not for one second go, oh, I must be a sinner. Just because you do it doesn't mean you are it. All right? Are you with me? Is it true that the old is passed away and the new has come? Yes? Okay. So what do we do now that that's true, now that we're new? Okay. What do we do? We forget about it. We forget what lies behind. You forget the old dead man. Listen, you got to clean up your mess. If you make a mess in life, if you make a mess in, you know, your BC days before Christ and you got like turmoil and pain, you need to go release forgiveness. You need to ask forgiveness. You need to clean up your mess. Amen? But you're not to focus on the mess and call it your identity, right? 
The problem, like, it's the rearview mirror, all right? It's the rearview mirror. The church has been staring in the rearview mirror trying to drive down the road. And that does not work, all right? We shouldn't stare there. You need to glance every now and then and be like, whoa, the Lord has brought me from some stuff. All right, I've been delivered, amen? Amen? But you don't stare in the rearview mirror if you want to go forward. It's not safe. It causes a wreck, all right? Don't need to get wrecked. You need to get reconciled, all right? And they, you're, the church has been a wreck for too long. We need to be reconciling instead of making a wreck, all right? Just saying. This stuff's fun to say. This is not the only time that this concept is present in Scripture. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, Paul says this. This is the Apostle Paul. The dude's sweat rag was like healing people, raising people from the dead. Okay, his sweat rag. And he says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness of that which I'm pursuing. I have not acquired the absolute fullness of that, I'm, of that which I'm pursuing. So I don't care if you float when you pray, gold dust comes out of your mouth when you sing. I don't care if every person you look at gets healed. You have not obtained the fullness of what you're pursuing. There is more. That's what I read there. I'm like, okay, if that guy can say it, then we all got some finding out, some discovery of the kindness and power of God. Are you with me? Okay. Come on. He says, I have not yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me to make me his own. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. Say focus. Where are your eyes at, Paul? What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? I forget all of the past. As I fasten my heart to the future instead. A lot of our discipleship program is like way too focused on the past. Way too focused. Especially accountability groups. You know, accountability groups have kind of become the account of your disability. All right. Let's talk about how unable you are. How much you fail. No, it's supposed to be the account of your ability. You need an accountability partner. Someone to partner with your ability. And to keep an account of you can do this. He made you for this. You are able. Come on. We need to forget all of the past and fasten our hearts to the future instead. Paul said, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. What do we do now that we're new? We forget about it. Forget the old. Forget it. That's not who you are anymore. In fact, God knows the old man is beyond counseling. He's beyond help. He's like, okay, this guy, we just got to kill that guy, and we'll make a new one. That's, God knows the old man is so far gone, you can't counsel him, you can't cast him out, you just got to kill him, all right? That's why you come to the cross and die with him, and you die, and he raises up in you, and you have newness of life in him. You're just the, the walking, talking, holy of holies, I say just. You're the uh, Ark of the New Covenant on two legs. Uh, you're the carrier of the presence of God. The whole fullness of the Godhead dwells in you. And when you say yes to Jesus, you carry like Mary. And some of you are starting to show. And many of you are giving birth. It's about bearing fruit for God on the earth. Okay? But it's not going to happen if you're focused on the past. It will not happen. You can't even get there because you're staring at the rear view. And just... What do we do now that we're new? We forget what's behind. This is not the only time in Scripture. In Psalm 45, 10 through 11, it says, Listen, daughter, talking to the church, pay attention and forget about your past. 
Come on, I got two witnesses. I mean, I don't know what you want. I got more, but I just brought two, okay? Put behind you, we, you every attachment to the familiar, even those you were once close to. Come on, not every relationship is a lifetime relationship. You don't like it. I don't care. And not every relationship is a lifetime relationship. I'm just a loyal person. Da, 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 da. Well, some people are toxic. And you don't have the maturity to influence them. They're influencing you. It's not about them. It's about you. You need to grow up before you get them back in your life. Okay? Yes. Jesus hung out with sinners. But he didn't hang out with them and become like them. Okay? They became like him. That's how you know. All right, if they're influencing you more than you're influencing them, you need to cut it off, man. You need to say, hey, listen, we can hang out at church, and that's about it, man. <laughs> like, let's go to church together. I'm not in a place where I can even be around that. I can't be in that scene anymore. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't go to those places anymore, right? And we're all in different seasons of that, and that is okay. You need to put away Every attachment to the familiars and even those who are once close to you. For your royal bridegroom is ravished by your beautiful brightness. Bow in reverence before him, for he is your Lord. Did you hear that? Your reverence should come out of an awareness that he thinks you're beautiful. Somebody's going to get this. Your reverence bowing before him should not be, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Oh, no. It should be, you made me worthy. You made me worthy. Oh, Jesus. This is the fear and awe, the reverence of God. It's like, whoa, I don't even know what you did to me just now. Thank you, though. I'm really grateful. <laughs> you know? Bow in reverence for him before you look. He says, he's ravished by your beautiful brightness, and therefore you should bow in reverence. And the church is awesome. Often saying, bow in reverence because he's ready to, you know. Church, listen, Jesus is not like this. Jesus is like this. His hand is out, but it is not up. We are to forget the past when we're walking in the new creation life. Amen. Second point from 2 Corinthians 5 is we are to carry the ministry of reconciliation. It's not all about you, man. Come on. Listen, God's all about you, but the gospel's not all about you. Okay? There's tension in every truth. God's all about you, but it's not all about you. All right? It's not just you celebrating what God has done. You need to carry it to others and be a reconciler. Are you with me? 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, English Standard Version says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Say that with me. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The problem is we have old covenant paradigms trying to operate in a new covenant church. We have old covenant mindsets trying to operate in a new covenant life. The old covenant is literally the ministry of condemnation. You understand? Like, I would hate to be a prophet in the Old Testament because I just wouldn't like my job. All right? They literally were called to go in and say, all y'all are doing the wrong thing. Read everybody's mail. It's like, hey, your sin and your sin and your sin and put it on the billboard and go, y'all need to get right. You're breaking the law. That was the prophet's main job. I heard the Lord say, you know, repent or perish. Like that was old covenant prophecy. 
It's not new covenant prophecy. New covenant co prophecy is for your encouragement, building up, your consolation, your comfort. It's 1 Corinthians 14. Is that right? Yes. Our resident prophetess, Tracy Irwin's enjoying this part of the message. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't correct. It means you do it. You speak the truth in love. It speaks from a place of reconciliation. God wants you to stop acting so beneath yourself and be reconciled in that action to him. This is what a ministry of reconciliation does. This is how it brings correction. Are you ready? This is what it can sound like. Hey, man, you're way too awesome to be acting that stupid. That's what the ministry of reconciliation does. It doesn't ignore your issues. It says you are way too amazing and you've been given way too much to be acting that foolish. Stop it. You can do way better than that. Come on. It doesn't assign the action to their identity. It says you are way better than that. Your identity is way higher than that. It doesn't ignore stuff either. Are you with me? Come on. So the ministry of condemnation reminded people of their sins. The ministry of reconciliation refuses to count people's sins against them. It refuses. It refuses. Why? Because Jesus actually condemned sin in his flesh. He did that so we would be able to reconcile others to him. He condemns him in his flesh. You understand that when you start condemning people for their sin, you forfeit the ministry of reconciliation. You lay it down. You are not walking in what he's called. And you're actually saying you don't believe in the finished work of Christ because he condemned all sin in his flesh. Why are you doing extra condemning? It's not even that fun. Have you ever condemned somebody? Like, I used to think that we needed to call people's sins out and stuff like that. It's, that's just not, it's not good. It's just not fun. It don't, no worky. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help me. It's not good. You know, you know what gospel means? It means good news. Imagine if it was all good news. Just imagine that maybe the church is supposed to give only good news. You're like, whoa, 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 no, no, hold on. That's too good to be true. It's so good it is true, all right? What if your job was to go, good news? That thing you're doing, yeah, that's, that's wrong. But God thinks you're to die for. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You know what? If you believe that Jesus died for you and paid for that thing, you'd actually be free from it. Because I know you don't like hurting people. I know you don't like harming your relationships. I know you hate that your life has fallen apart. I know. The world does not need to be reminded of their sin. They need to be told about the Savior. They need to be told there is a Savior. They need to be good news. Instead of good news, come here and die every week at the altar. Good news, God thinks you're a wretched sinner. That's not good news. We're just very confused. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus already condemned all sin. So what are you doing trying to condemn somebody? Why? 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 I don't understand. You're like, well, they need to know. Listen to me. They know. They know. All right. They know. Listen to Romans 8, 1 through 4. It says, there is therefore, thanks for the backup, Holy Ghost. There is therefore. <laughs> All creation is growing from the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. That's creation going, hey, somebody pay attention to that crazy man with the long hair. If you didn't hear it on live stream, that was thunder. I'm not having a like bipolar fit or like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not just making stuff up. It was a very well-timed clapping of heaven. 
Another one. <laughs> Amen. It says, Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore. Say therefore. therefore. There is therefore. Say therefore. therefore. Whenever there's a therefore, you need to know what it's there for. Okay. This is Romans 8, 1. This is right after Romans 6 and 7. Romans 6 says you've been set free from sin, dead to sin, no longer enslaved to sin. Sin will have no dominion over you. Romans 7 says you're not under the law. The law, trying to be right under the law is futile. And there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. It's illegal for you to be bound. It's illegal for you to be bound. It happens, but it needs to be kicked out. It needs to be evicted. Amen. I'm very legalistic about my freedom. I am. We are so legalistic. Yes, it is illegal for me to be anything but free. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus condemned sin in his flesh. The first Adam used his flesh to disobey God and brought condemnation for all people. The last Adam used his flesh to obey God and brought life for all people because he condemned sin in the flesh. Come on. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So walking according to the spirit is believing that all sin has been already condemned, forgiven, all of it. You know, he didn't die for the sins of the church. He died for the sins of the world. Yeah. Come on. So what do we do now that we're new? We forget what's behind. We carry the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. And number three, we are to walk in the righteousness of God. You need to leave here knowing that it's actually easy to be righteous. That it's actually easy for the believer to walk in holiness. You're like, no, I tried. Yeah, that was the problem. You were trying. Okay, we'll get there. Second Corinthians 5.21. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin. Who knew no sin? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen to me. Are you in him? Then you have become the righteousness of God. Once you're in him, you have become the righteousness of God. It says that we've actually been created in Christ for good works. That means that you were created within Jesus. Everything inside of Jesus were the, the factory mechanisms to make you. Okay? The new you. The real you. So if you want to say, you know, you're half bad, half good, the dog you feed is the dog that wins, all that junk, I'm yin and yang. That's Neoplatonism, by the way. That's Plato, not Paul, all right? That whole darkness and light dwell together. I think I've heard a verse about that, how that's impossible. And what we got in the church, we think that we're supposed to defeat the darkness with the light on the inside. There's a battle between the devil and Jesus, you know? They're arm wrestling on the inside of me. Are you kidding me? You think Jesus has a hard time defeating the devil in an arm wrestling match? <laughs> Demons literally fall on their knees before him and say, hey, if you're going to send me out, can I go into the, the swine over there? Like, I know why you've come. You come to torture me <laughs> before the appointed time. Can I at least go into the pigs? He's like, sure. Deviled ham. Let's have it. Cool. And <laughs> told you bad church jokes. I warned you. The demons bow the knee to him because he is the righteous one. He knew no sin, meaning he didn't sin. Do you believe that? 
All right. And he became sin. This is what's not often preached. He didn't just die for your sin. He became it. He became your sin on the cross. Come on. It says in Isaiah that he was marred so severely that he didn't even have the human, the appearance of a human anymore. He didn't even look like a human being on the cross. I'm sorry, the passion of the Christ was way short. You seen that movie? Way short. They couldn't, they can't do it. Like it would never get on film. Psalm 22 says he was like a worm and not a man. All of his bones out of joint, hanging from the cross. Imagine a bag of bones out of joint. Yeah, a bag of flesh ripped open. It didn't even look like a human being up there. He became your sin. He became your greed. He became your pride. He became the trafficker. He became the abuser. He became the corrupt politician. He became it so that we would become something in him, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to Colossians 2, 6 through 10. It says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. As you've received him, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Come on. That's why we always start every gathering with, say, thank you, Jesus. We lead you in that because this is the gateway. Amen. See to it. This is your job. Say, this is my job. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition and, not, and according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. I get really, really nervous when we're like 25 minutes into a sermon and there's been zero scripture. I get really concerned. I get really concerned when I hear about someone's work history and their employment and the lessons they learned there. I'm not saying God can't speak through that. I'm saying we should preach the word of God. We should preach what it says so that no one can take us captive because it can sound halfway right. But I'm telling you the truth. This is a tablet. Moses had one. I feel like it's legal. You know, this is the word of God. It's another one. That was three for three there. Come on. When God says it, it's true. All of it. 100%. Are you with me? We need the public reading of scripture. We need to know our Bibles. You need to know when I misquote the scripture because I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I have not acquired the thing, the fullness of the thing which I'm after. Are you with me? Listen, I got problems. I do. I have issues. Inauthenticity is not one of them. Okay? That's not one of my issues. I don't mind telling you I have issues. Ask my wife. She'll tell you all my issues. She will. Not all of them, because she loves me. She'll cover. But I got problems. You think you don't got problems? Get married. You'll find them. Find them really quick. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> how, does, how are we taken captive by philosophy, antecedent, human tradition? We don't know the word of God. We don't know what the righteous one has declared. And we hear things like, you know what? You got that sin nature in you. You got half of you bad, half of you good. You need to defeat that thing. It sounds right because our experience lines up with it. We're like, oh, yeah, it talks about sin in the Bible. I've heard that before. Sure. That's being taken captive by philosophy. Plato, not Paul. The word of God says you knew all the way. You're not even being. I, this is my opinion. Uh, I think that we should lose the term progressive sanctification. I think it's inadequate. There is something progressive about it, but it's not the sanctification. You're getting a progressive revelation of the sanctified one. He became to us wisdom from God, justification, sanctification. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 13 or 2 Corinthians 1, 13. One of them. Read both of them. It'll be good for you. Read the whole thing. 
right? He is our sanctification. Sanctification is a person, a person we're discovering. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you, not Christ in the second coming, not Christ in the rapture, not Christ in heaven, Christ in you. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, empty deceit, according to human tradition. We got a lot of that in the church. Paul calls it the doctrine of demons in another place. But we've always done this way. Mm, okay, is it on the list of doctrine of demons? I don't care if we've always done it. We're not doing it. Are you with me? Okay. Um, yeah. According to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, say in him. The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. You know what that tells me? It says the whole fullness of God is in Christ, and I've been filled with Christ. I'm filled with the whole fullness of God right now. You're filled with the whole fullness of God right now. Listen, I get it. You might not be acting like it, but maybe someone told you a lesser truth. One day, you know. When we all get to heaven, right? We put this stuff off for heaven. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation right now. The whole fullness of the Godhead dwells in you. You think you're leaving a little bit on the table here? Yeah? You think you're leaving a little bit, you know, that you could be accessing? What if you believe that God was sitting in your chair right now? Your chair. Well, how would you live differently? What if you believe that you weren't supposed to just do things for God, but with God. What if you believe God walked into your workplace when you walked in? Because you carried him. What would change? What if you believe that the whole fullness of God was in you, so any challenging obstacle looks like an opportunity? There are no obstacles in the new covenant. Only opportunities. Opportunities for God to show off. Opportunities for God to heal. Opportunities for God to mature his church. Amen? Come on. You have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. That's how you can walk in the righteousness of God because you have God walking in you. There's no other way to get that. There's no other way. You didn't do that to you. You didn't earn that, right? And I'm not saying you're God. Let's just get clear because I'm on live stream right now. I can hear the Facebook police typing on their keyboards with their thumbs. I can hear them. I can hear them. I talk about this stuff, and they're like, uh, he's saying he's God. We got a review online a few weeks ago that said, I said that human beings are God. I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, are you kidding me? Thank God I'm not God. Thank God you're not God. Amen? Come on, can you tell your neighbor, thank God you're not God? Just tell him. Say, hey, thank God you're not God. Come on, tell him. Do it. Just so we're clear. Facebook. All right? Listen. I'm not God. I'm one with God. I didn't do that to me. He did it. It's his plan. I'm just believing what he said in his word. Are you with me? Okay. So, not only do we forget what lies behind, not only do we carry the ministry of reconciliation, not only do we walk in the righteousness of God, which is easy for the believer, we also have a Baseline understanding, are you ready? We understand that we actually have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places right now. When we ask for more of God, we need to make sure we're asking from the right side of the cross. When we say, Lord, I want more of you, we need to be saying, Lord, I want more of what's in me, of you, to come out. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, 
It's not come from over there upon me. It's come up on me. Come up on me, Holy Spirit. From the depths to the natural. Are you with me? That's a believing prayer. This is straight out of Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14. This is what it says. I'm going to read this whole thing. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. Where? In Christ. Are you in Christ? Yeah. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. All right, listen, I feel like the Lord just pricked my heart a little bit on something. This is a freebie, all right? It's 11.15 only. Don't tell anybody. This is just for you, okay? When it says that we already have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, something just jumped up in my spirit for somebody in here. I don't know who. Amen. I believe in this is God. You know how we pray some, some things like, oh, Lord, open the windows of heaven because I tithe and the, rain down the blessings and all that stuff? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Why do you need the windows to open if you're in the house? I believe in giving. I do. I think the tithe is cool. It's between you and God. We believe in the cheerful giver who gives out of conviction from the Holy Ghost. It's on the banner back there. We mean it. Okay? So if God convicts you to give 10%, great. If he gives you to give 100%, great. That's really what New Testament giving more looks like. It's like 100% just so you know. Should I give 10%? No, that's legalistic. Okay, let's get legalistic. New Covenant, they gave all. <laughs> Which one do you want? You know, so it's between you and God, okay? I'm not talking about the tithe right now. I'm talking about the idea that heaven is up there and you're down here. No, no, no. You are the hinge point of heaven and earth. You are the connection point. Why are you praying for the windows to open when you're in the house? The only reason you should pray for the windows of heaven to open is to bless the world. To bless the people who aren't in him yet. <laughs> okay. That was just for you. All right. In, I'm sorry, where was I? <laughs> Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. You need to hear this. A lot of churches preach this or people think, I need to do holy things. I need to do blameless things. It doesn't say that. It says, be holy. Be holy. It's easy when it's just being. You're a human being, not a human doing. Just be holy. We're not preaching the do-do gospel, do this, do that. We're preaching the become the righteousness of God by believing he has done it. That's it. Become. Become the righteousness of God. Be it. Don't do holy stuff. Be it. That's right. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. If you're in him, you are how heaven and earth get united. You are the gate for the way. Lift up your heads, you ancient doorways. Lift up your heads, oh, you gates, that the king of glory might come through you. You are the gate for the way. You close your gate. He's not coming. But you open. You say, I'm going to be generous. 
with my time. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to look for the lost. I'm going to look for the down and out. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to go out and be a gate for the way. Boom. The Holy Ghost is riding on that. I promise. Promise. Man. Uniting all things in him. Things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance. It's already yours, man. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise to, of his glory. That's Paul talking about him and the Jews, okay? Then it says, in him you also, talking about the church, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. There's a guarantee. You might not have acquired the fullness of that which you're pursuing, but there's a guarantee that you will. It's called the Holy Spirit. Come on. What do we do now that we're new? We forget what lies behind. We carry the ministry of reconciliation. We walk in the righteousness of God. And we release every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realm to those around us. We're a gate for the way. Are you with me? Come on, would you stand? We're going to pray real quick. And then we're going to end the gathering. Listen, you might be hearing this and you're like, oh man, I, I, thought, I thought I was like, <laughs> I thought I had said yes to Jesus, but I didn't say yes to that. And you might be sitting there going, I want all of that. Listen, no shame, no shame. We're going to have an opportunity for you to pray right now. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, hi, hi, you know, maybe I've heard this before, but I'm not walking in that and I want it. It's time to do some business with the Lord. Amen. So may, just close your eyes for a second. And if this is not for you, if neither one of those are for you, then you're called to be an intercessor for those around you. Okay. So just close your eyes with me. If you have never said yes to that gospel that you can receive all of that, that you can be new, that the old can die, the new can come. I want you just to pray this in your heart. Jesus, I believe that you died a, a, a gruesome death after living a perfect life. Come on, if this is you, just pray it in your heart to God. I believe, Lord, that you came, you died for me, not only for me, but as me. I believe, Lord Jesus, that if I say yes to you, I'll become one with you. I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes right now to becoming one with you, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that everything promised in your scripture is coming for me. It's going to come through me in Jesus name. Those who have uh, maybe not, they've been leaving something on the table. It's your turn. You pray, Lord Jesus, I'm not going to leave anything else on the table. I want to walk in the fullness of what you called me to. I say yes over again, and I want to be living in the fullness of my new creation life. Would you help me by your spirit, Lord Jesus, to forget what lies behind, to carry the ministry of reconciliation to walk in your righteousness and to release every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realm to those around me. Help me, Holy Ghost. I believe you are able in me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. If you prayed, especially that first prayer, we're going to have a prayer team down here in just a minute. And the next step is for you to tell somebody. So we're not going to have you raise your hand or anything like that today. Uh, we're going to have you come down to our prayer team, which we're going to call up in a minute. And you need to tell them, yeah, I said yes to Jesus. I said yes to new life. And they'll help you with your next steps, okay? But with that, I want to welcome up Pastor Scott Smiley to close the gathering. Would you give it up for Pastor Scott? He's amazing. 
Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.